1: Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
0: It's time for a look back on today's match.
3: This is the full-time report with the voices of our Atlanta United, Mike Conti and Jason Longshore. The home for MLS in Atlanta, Sports Radio 92.9 The Game.
4: Well, look, not to be overly dramatic, this is one of the biggest wins in Atlanta United history. It is a playoff win. Their first since 2019, and they force a decisive Game 3 Sunday night in Columbus with a 4-2 win tonight over the crew in fairly dominant fashion. Statistics will bear that out in a moment. There were nervy moments, but, uh, you know, honestly, Jason, aside from the equalizer given up right at the end of the first half by Atlanta United, that was the only moment all night I really was worried. And uh, I think that, that speaks a lot to the quality of Atlanta United's play tonight, and how great was it to see the the full package, the best 11, produce this kind of scoreline and this kind of performance tonight?
5: You know, honestly, I, I kind of think there's a, a good bit of similarities between game one and game two in the sense that the stat sheet is going to, if you didn't watch the game and didn't feel the game that way, I think leads you to believe dominant one way, dominant the other way. I don't think either game was as dominant as the numbers might show. And, Mike, you've got a stronger constitution than me because <laughs> I was worried in the second half at times because it was wide open. And it was you need the third goal or you're going to concede their second. And you got the third. And, look, that's the way this team plays. That's, that's their personality. That's the mentality. It's not about protecting what you got. It's about going and getting more. And I love that about this team. It might be taking years off of my life, but I love that about this team because they have stayed true to it from day one since Gonzalo Pineda walked into the
4: state of Georgia. Man of the match, I think a pretty easy decision tonight brought to you by Heineken. you got to give it to the man who produced a goal and two assists, Yorgos Yakamakis.
5: Yeah, it's no question that Yorgos is your man of the match, but – other strong performances. I thought Tristan William ba, best game he's played in an Atlanta United kit. Miles Robinson outside of one moment where Cucho beat him in a 1v1. Outstanding. Wiley, really good performance from Caleb Wiley. And, and go back to game one. Caleb Wiley's turnover led to that game changing late in the first half. He was determined to not let that kind of moment happen again. And I, I love the response from him. Sean De Silva with an amazing goal, and yes, he had a miss, but he was a huge performer in this one. But Yorgos, I mean, the two assists, that's not what you expect out of him. He's a player who does such a good job a lot of times with his movement, but he's always trying to bring others into the game, and we haven't seen it a ton because this team has so many players that are interconnected, and Tiago Almada is usually the one who is connecting those dots. It was Yorgos a lot tonight because I think Columbus did a good job of neutralizing Almada as much as you can. Now, he gets that last goal, and, and that's a great moment. But Columbus did a good job of making it hard for Atlanta to find him. So it was Yakimakis who ends up turning into the playmaker at times tonight. Yeah, his first touch can let him down sometimes. But his, I, I think, just awareness of the movement of others and just the state of the match – trying to connect others into the attack. Usually it's others who do it, but tonight
4: it needed to be Yorgos, and he 100% delivered. So Yorgos Yacobac is the man of the match, brought to you by Heineken uh, earlier in the week. Was it this week when he was named Newcomer of the Year? I think it was actually late last week. Late last week. Uh, but still, it's been a great last seven days for him, uh, named MLS Newcomer of the year, beating out Lionel Messi for that honor. Messi finished second <laughs> despite playing only six games in MLS. Uh, but Yakimakis wins that award on Friday and comes back and uh, comes up with a goal and two assists tonight. The statistical recap brought to you by Piedmont, official health care partner of Atlanta United. Shots 14-11, Atlanta. Shots on target, 7-4, Atlanta. Possession, 51-49, Atlanta. Key passes, 13-10, Atlanta. Expected goals, 2.37 to 1.37, Atlanta. I'll take
5: that. Yeah, and and I think, again, like we talk about, Game State's big. And this is a team in Atlanta United, especially in this building, and we've seen it ever since 2017 in the Benz, where you start to get things rolling, and it's an avalanche. And it's happened to every team in this league. It hadn't happened to Columbus in a long time. This is the first time Atlanta's beaten Columbus in Atlanta since 2018. It's been a while. This is a Columbus team under a lot of different managers. They've been very cagey in this building at times. They've been very good as they were in the regular season here. But Atlanta got that momentum rolling downhill, and it just kept gathering steam. They're so good, and it goes back to the identity and mentality that that I started with here. They don't ever take their foot off the gas. And, yeah, it can be scary sometimes (laughs) because they will leave space behind as they attack. But they always look for that next goal. They're never satisfied with the number that they have, and they're always looking for more. And I don't have it in front of me in terms of with four-plus goals. I know they've never lost, and I don't think they've ever drawn with four at home. But with three, they have never lost, and they have four draws. And now you're talking about 37-0-4 when you've scored at least three goals in this building if you're Atlanta United.
4: Now you hope you can get it back here, and uh, that's going to require not only a win Sunday night in Columbus, you're also going to need Nashville to help you out now and come back in that series against Orlando, which, by the way, uh, play is underway in the 16th minute in Nashville, game two of that series, and uh, the Lions have the 1-0. You're not worried
5: about anything other than Sunday and going to (laughs) Columbus and eliminating Columbus and advancing And that's all you're worried about. Whoever comes up next, I feel like I've said it most of the second half of the season. One through seven in the East, flip a coin most of the year.
4: Let's be honest. Would we really hate the opportunity to knock Orlando out of the playoffs? I would love a crack at (laughs) Orlando
5: in that building in a knockout game where Atlanta has played a knockout game there before in a semifinal, which this would be an Eastern Conference semifinal, and Atlanta
4: won that one. Well, let's get there first. Uh, Got to take care this of business Sunday. recap brought to you by Piedmont, official health care partner of Atlanta United. Atlanta United wants to remind you that for each Atlanta United clean sheet this season, they'll donate $2,000 to Children's Health Care of Atlanta. This year's donation total is currently $16,000. We're going to hold on here for a second because uh, we're going to try to talk to Saba Lobjenitsa and we're also waiting for Gonzalo Pineda. Can we uh, put Jess's mic on, though? I want to get Jess Sharman's thoughts on tonight's match. This is now a de facto episode of Atlanta Soccer tonight. I mean, we're 30 <laughs> minutes early, so, you know. Uh, Jess Sharman of Atlanta Soccer tonight on Sports Radio 92.9, the game, and also uh, one of the radio voices of Charlotte FC. We're really glad to have your perspective tonight. Uh, did it come out the way you expected?
2: I set goals in the uh, pregame show, so I'm not saying em. I prophesized it, but, I mean, We got the action we wanted. I want to touch on a moment, though, that I think won't get enough credit because it happened so early. But that Brad Guzan save at nil-nil in the first five, six Mm -hmm. minutes of the match, if he doesn't make that save, it's a completely different match. If the crew go up 1-0 in that moment, it's a completely different match. So the goalkeeper in me has to shout that out. <laughs> but I think Brad Guzan in that moment stood up big and then was a leader from the back line, communicated well, helped his team in the adversity when they conceded a goal. And that was great to see from Brad being the leader that we know he is.
5: You mentioned leadership, and we were talking about it during the break. You know, Yorgos Yakamakis, great on the field, great with the ball, great as a playmaker tonight. But as a leader, and something that I think we've seen brewing with him all year, you identified that moment after Shonday's miss. You were watching Yorgos Yakamakis. I think he did a big thing without touching a ball to help win this game for Atlanta in that moment.
2: Yeah, just the fact that he goes over and supports his teammate in that moment. It's easy, and we see it done, where teammates kind of shut off someone that's made a mistake, or they drop their head, or they just don't make conversation they kind of let them suffer yeah. he didn't do that he actively engaged and then he turned to the crowd yeah. the supporters section and said hey guys we've got to lift it and to change that moment with that positivity to change that moment with that energy brilliant and I think that's why they were able to come back after what could have been a negative turning point
5: yeah that was huge getting the crowd re-engaged in that moment was the biggest thing because how many times do you see a moment like that define a match your ghost, Yakimakis, didn't allow that to happen tonight.
2: I mean, I've been part of a couple of moments like that, and I hate to rub salt into my wounds as a Charlotte FC voice, but we've had moments where big misses then lead to a team spiraling down the hill.
4: Don't go far, Jess. Thank you for your perspective. Let's go down to the Atlanta United dressing room where Saba Lobjanitsa joins us now for a post-game interview. Saba, uh, what a performance by this team tonight in a desperate moment. I'm sure you and uh, the lads down there have to be absolutely thrilled with the effort tonight, are you?
6: Yeah, we are. It was an amazing night. Uh, we did everything on the pitch, and, uh, it was absolutely nice, and uh, we are so happy, but it's not finished, you know? We have a final.
4: Saba, uh, let's go back to. Shonday's goal right before halftime, and the work that you had to do in traffic at the top of the 18-yard box. Can you take us through the build-up to that goal
6: from your perspective, please? It's like, you know, before they scored, we were still a little bit disappointed about that, but, uh, you know, we did not head down, and uh, we were keep working, you know, and uh, I just saw the... Behind the defender there was a space and I was running. Brooks gave me a really good pass. And uh, I did my job after Gigi Shande and it was it was an amazing goal, you know. So like it was team effort, you know, after the Columbus goal. Yeah.
5: It feels like more and more, Saba, that you and Brooks on that right side are starting to read one another really, really well. How has that relationship grown for you?
6: Yeah, I, I, he's, I, he's absolutely so good player and uh I'm really comfortable with him, you know, like because he's running and he's good defender, also he was overlapped me so many times, and I'm going like two against one with the defenders it's 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 simple for me and uh We are working together in defense also, of course. I have to help him also. So I think we have a great relationship in the pitch and outside of the pitch also, of course.
5: Yeah, You lead me into my next question, Saba, The, the defensive side. And tonight, it was the entire team defending. You, Yorgos, Shande, the subs who came on. Just the amount of work that you guys had to put in to get this win. How are you feeling getting ready for Sunday? And like you said, a final
6: yeah you know if you want to go through and play off you have to do everything you know not only offensive you have to 100 percent in defense and also also in the offense you know so it's like we have to do everything for the final like like this game you know so absolutely we are ready for final and uh, i'm sure we will win i'm sure
4: i like it I love it. I love it. Uh, we're yeah. going to back you up on that as best we can, But Nothing we can do up in the booth. And also,
6: also, I want to say that with the fans, it was crazy. I want to thank you for all the people who was in the stadium. It was crazy. And was, it, this feeling is amazing for us, all, for the players, you know.
4: Yeah. Well, Saba, uh, I, I speak for all the fans you're talking about. We are so glad you're on Atlanta United. Thank and you. Uh, Thank you. We'll see you at the airport on Saturday, my friends. It's going to be a fun weekend. See you. Bye. All right. Have a good night. Saba Thanks, Lopinica. Saba. Let's switch now down to the interview it's room. I, the the media.
7: I mean, that was, um, that made us change a little bit and, you know, um, I, I trust the process that we have here and I knew the process was good. I knew the players were coming strong mentally and I saw that in their eyes. I saw that in the reactions. I saw that in, in the training session. So, uh, I was confident yesterday. Yes, Henry, the
6: chair. coach, uh, first of all, congrats on the win uh, second. Do you have an update on Mateus, how he's doing?
7: No, actually, no, uh, he felt something in the calf, but other than that, I don't have any, any major update.
6: Uh, could you give us your take on Mayumba's performance today? Uh, he seemed all over the place, you know, just covering that midfield, doing a, a, a solid job there. What were your thoughts on
7: him? Well, on many. I mean, I will start with Tristan, just because you are asking. But um, so he he had a, an outstanding game in a game where we were facing one of the best midfield's in the league. Uh, I think Aiden Morris and Agby are one of the best pairs in the league at the moment. And today what they did, whether it was a Gianni and Muyumba, Roseto and Muyumba, was amazing. We really put the rhythm, we were really disrupting them on and off the ball. Our midfield was very, very solid. Uh, probably Tristan shined a little bit more just because we gave him a little bit of a free roll to press. And probably because of that, he was in higher areas at some moments, but great to him. I mean, it's not easy to tweak what we tweak in the midfield, going to the other side. Actually, today he was playing more on the left and he did amazing. Maybe that helped him a little bit to connect with with some other players. But uh, I felt that it was a very complete game for many players, but especially that pair in the in midfield was very good.
6: And a last one for me, after Shonda's miss, obviously a tough moment, um, but then you saw you know, his teammates and the crowd coming behind him. Uh, how do you feel about that, and how important is that to the player?
7: Number one, I will go one step before. It's uh, is great to see our goal scorer to be unselfish and to pass the ball to Shante, That is number one thing that I would highlight in that play. That's amazing. It was a fantastic play, but then our number nine, that normally those guys want to score every goal, he was humble, he was a team player, and he played the best pass. Now, of course, it's a a mistake from Shande, but that reaction from the whole team coming together, supporting him in that moment, it wasn't easy because at times those, those mental breaks, when you miss a good one, it's a mental break for the team. We overcome that adversity. The fans were engaged on that. They were cheering for him. They were understanding that can happen to anyone. He scored a fantastic goal in the first half, and he's been great for us. So I expect him and his confidence to continue being high.
4: That was a very big moment in the match, uh, and it was one of those pit-in-your-stomach feelings like, uh-oh, uh, you know, that's that's something that could send things tumbling in a bad direction. But uh, Gonzalo's not going to call attention to himself, but I also noticed him in the technical area doing the exact same thing uh, that Yakimakis and everyone else was doing on the pitch. Unfortunately, we don't have to talk about uh, that being one of the uh, – uh, the all-time unfortunate moments in Atlanta United history. It ends up not mattering in a 4-2 Atlanta United win over Columbus. Let's catch our breaths. We'll take a break. We'll come back. I want to hear more from Jess Sharman as well. We'll have the highlights when we come back. And send us your questions and comments on Twitter at conti 929 and at Longshoe. We have a game three to talk about. It will be Sunday night, 7 o'clock. Atlanta United and Columbus even at a game apiece after Atlanta United's 4-2 win tonight over the crew on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Feels appropriate for the Ohio players to bring us back in here on the full-time report with Atlanta United defeating the team from the capital of Ohio tonight. Columbus Crew 4-2 forces a decisive game three. It'll be Sunday night in Columbus. You'll hear it on Star 94 pregame coverage. 6.30 6.30 Eastern Time. You'll also hear it on the Odyssey app. Keep that in mind anywhere in the world. Chick-fil-A is committed to helping fight food insecurity and is proud to partner with Atlanta United and Soldiers Angels to help tackle veteran hunger all season long when an Atlanta United player successfully makes a tackle. Chick-fil-A restaurants in Atlanta will donate 100 pounds of food to feed a military or veteran family in need for a month. For more information and to see how you can help, visit atlutd.com community. Uh, before we get to the highlights, I want to get a final thought from Jess Sharman. Uh, So now game three, Sunday night in Columbus. Again, Jess, uh, just to remind you, uh, one of the radio voices of Charlotte FC, but also a big part of Atlanta soccer tonight on Sports Radio 92.9, the game, which would ordinarily be airing 15 minutes from now. Instead, it'll be the full-time report. All right. um, Home teams have dominated here in the playoffs with limited exception. Uh, It seems like as this round has gone on, the road teams are are getting a little bit more uh, into favor, but... I guess what I'm wondering is Atlanta goes to Columbus in March without Almada and lose 6-1. They go to Columbus last week without Almada, lose 2-0. Can they win a game three on the road in Columbus in a building where they've had a lot of trouble this year?
2: I think the change in momentum now is what's gonna be so key. You've dominated at home in terms of four goals scored, you've grown as a team together. You've had four different goal scorers, which I think is really important as well. You're sharing the load. It's a very unpredictable front line in terms of who's gonna step up and make a difference. I'm not gonna lie, obviously on paper, Columbus should be the favorites. They're playing in their own building. They were the top seed out of these two for a reason because of their consistency during the season. But mind state right now, you have to think that locker room's feeling extremely different for Atlanta United versus Columbus, who will feel disappointed in the way they conceded in that first half late. If they go into that locker room 1 1, it's a different match completely. And I think they're going to be kicking themselves right now that they weren't able to take care of business on the road. They weren't expecting a Game 3. They maybe went into this one and overlooked Atlanta United a little bit. Now you go into Game 3, anything's to play for. And when you hear comments like you heard from Saba in his press conference talking about, hey, we believe we can win. We are ready. This is our final. Uh, I think when you have that belief within your squad and that cohesiveness together and you come off an incredible result like this, anything can happen it's the playoffs after all and i'm glad for one as a neutral standing on the outside that we have this format now i wasn't 100 percent sure about it oh i love but it when now. it sets up <laughs> things like this i mean you couldn't ask for much more so yeah. that is a game on sunday i'll be tuning into uh, remotely while i am calling a college game
4: okay we will appreciate your uh, your tuning in, and thank you for your thoughts tonight. It was great to have you here, and maybe if we get another home playoff game, we'll have you back here. It's always later, a pleasure, boys. Thank okay.
2: you so much. Thanks, Jeff. That's
4: Jeff Sharman, uh, one of the radio voices of Charlotte FC. Say hello to our good friend Will Palachik. Uh, up there in Charlotte, and uh, you can catch Jess occasionally on Atlanta soccer tonight, especially during international competitions. Thank you so much for being here tonight. All right, let's get to the highlights of tonight's game, a wild one, and it got really crazy in the final 10 minutes of the first half. Now, I would contend again, Columbus, and Jess mentioned it, they got a good scoring chance early on Brad Guzani, made a big, big save, and that was in the first couple minutes. I thought after that point, Atlanta United controlled the first half maybe not dominated but controlled and then in the 38th minute they get this breakthrough a goal from yorgos yakimakis lennon closed down by cucho hands it off to sabo on the near touchline. dribbles through traffic cuts it back hosetu Josetu comes forward ahead to lennon in the near corner traps here's his cross to the back post Yakabakis header score boom Yakabakis! You cannot work it any better than that, and Atlanta United has their first lead in the playoffs.
5: Brooks Lennon with the perfect ball, but for me that whole sequence starts with Mateus Hosetsu. We talked about it at the beginning of the year. I feel like we've talked about it a few times during the year. Hosetsu has been incredibly underappreciated during his time here in Atlanta in my mind. The thing you wanted to see from him coming into this year was just a little bit more contribution in the attacking third. Now, he's playing a different role now than when we had that conversation. He's not the eight to somebody else playing the six. He's the six, but we know how interchangeable that midfield is. Go back and watch Josechu's body control and timing on that whole sequence. I feel like over the years we've talked about La Palsa a lot, just that pause he let the game just go for a second, and it opened up the lane to play Brooks in. Perfectly weighted ball to Lennon. Lennon
4: with the great cross. Yakamakis goes up and heads it home. It's a great open for Atlanta. Yes, it is. And then I think I said not soon after that, uh, boy, just get to the, the dressing room up 1-0, and you're going to feel really good. Well, Columbus took that option away in the 45th minute on this goal by Cucho. That gets to Shonda Silva, but it rolls off him to Nagby. Sent down the middle, here's Rossi. Rossi passed Almada to the top of the arc. Ahead to Kucha, the penalty spot. Shot score. How many times have we seen Atlanta United give up a goal like that this year? 1 1. And Atlanta United's time in the lead lasts a mere six minutes. It's the trade off of being a team that is,
5: I think, at times arrogant with the ball. And because nine times out of ten, they play their way through dangerous positions and then create an opportunity going the other way. How many times have we seen that side of Atlanta United where you have that little flick in the middle, you have that audacious pass or that audacious play in your own half and then break and go and kill a team? This time you didn't. This time it's a flick from Sean De Silva towards Muyamba. Muyamba's flat-footed, Silva's flat-footed, Columbus goes and buries you for it. That's the trade off. And we've talked about it a lot over the years. Atlanta United and identity, you have to take that and take the good things that come from that arrogance on the ball, knowing that can happen too. And I think that's the thing about this group is, yeah, a lot of teams that would mentally break them. I don't get the sense that this team is easily broken mentally, and we saw that happen just a few minutes later. Exactly.
4: Proof of which, uh, really four minutes later on this goal by Shonday Silva, and you heard Saba talk about his role in the buildup. I think he understated just how much work he did to produce this goal by Shonday Silva and give Atlanta United a critical lead at halftime. However, it's Lennon now with a pitch down the right wing to Saba. Saba at the top of the 18, takes a touch, another touch, now centers it to Yakimakis, ahead to Silva, shot, score! Ball don't lie! Shondé Silva puts on a Spider-Man mask to celebrate that goal, and Atlanta United might have the halftime lead after all.
5: Shande Silva. I love the Spider-Man mask. I love the whole thing about it, and it's Yorgos playing playmaker again. It's Yorgos playing playmaker for the first time in the night, where it's such a good ball to lay off to Shande, and how many times in that moment do you see the striker turn? It's very late in the half. Just turn and have a hit. That's what they're paid to do, right? Yakamakis sees Silva coming, and. Just sets it up. It's a really well-weighted ball. Doesn't overhit it. Doesn't try to do too much with it. Just puts it right into his path and and lets Shonday roof it, a really difficult one that Schulte can't save. And you get the response to the
4: mistake. And that's what you love about this team. 2-1 Atlanta United at halftime. Forgive me. I'm going to do some on-air producing here. Uh, Dom, do we have the Shonday Silva miss? And can we do that here, please? Okay, so I, I just think this is critical for the yeah. context of what could have happened. So in the 61st minute, Atlanta United leading 2-1. Two- and really, I thought Atlanta United came out of the dressing room on fire, hunting and pecking for that third goal, which, as you said several times, that third goal could be critical in putting the match away. Well, quite frankly, they should have had it in the 61st minute as Shandee Silva had a, 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 really an opportunity to walk the ball in the net Took a little bit of an awkward skip at his boots, and we have what could have been one of the all-time sitters for Atlanta United that fortunately did not matter, but here it is. Up to Almada at the right halfway line. He'll turn and dribble now. Ahead uh, to Yakamakis, Perfect ball down the right wing. Out of the tackle, Yakamakis. Watch the edge of the six. Cross Silva. shot. Oh, my God. He put it over the crossbar. Absolute sitter. Shande Silva with an open net and has a sitter. It was at that moment wow. where, again, you saw Yakimakis immediately put his arm around Silva and then urged the supporters, and that was uh, you know, right in front of the capo stand, urged the supporters to make noise, and they did. And I, I think that is not insignificant either. No. The support in this building, that is exactly what you need out of a home crowd they got it and fortunately that moment is not a decisive moment in this match today. I I heard a Sean De Silva chant
5: breakout and that was very
4: cool Great job. to hear. Yeah.
5: And I love that that Yorgos and you mentioned Gonzalo Pineda as well really trying to get the crowd going in that moment because you know Jess said it that she's seen it with Charlotte. I've seen it with so many teams where you have that miss, you're in the situation that Atlanta was in. Yeah, they had the lead, but it wasn't secure at that point. And this is a team that has given up goals this season at times in bad moments, and you had a chance to put the game away there. And when you don't, so often you see teams drop. You see heads drop. You see emotion drop. You see a team start to play a little scared, play tight. You didn't get that out of this team. Honestly, it was gone by the time the, the ball was replayed and we were totally back agree. in play. Yeah. It was completely washed away. And it wasn't just about Shonday washing it away. I thought Shonday fought hard after that and had good moments. It was everybody. They didn't even
4: bat an eyelash at it. They just kept going and playing their game. And in the 83rd minute, Atlanta United gets the badly needed insurance goal from newly inserted Edwin Mosquera. This is the hot play of the match brought to you by SCANA. Would not mind seeing Atlanta United engage in some dark arts of time-wasting, although I think there's going to be a lot of added time due to some second-half injuries. I would much rather see a third goal. Same. Here's Mascara off the throw, dribbling through traffic, down the right wing, into the attacking third. Mascara to the edge of the 18. Here's Yakimakis. Back to Mascara. Shot. Score! Goal, Luxo! I think he just got your wish. And Atlanta United 10 minutes away from a trip back to Ohio Sunday night.
5: That's what I'm talking about, Dom. <laughs> Best producer in the league right <laughs> Absolutely. there. Absolutely,
4: Great job.
5: Oh, man, yeah. It's just it's something that I know I bring up all the time here at home. You know, I, I always remember Steve Holman talking about this with Hawks games where you'd get a 10-point lead. And it the, the numbers when you had a 10-point lead in the second half, it was almost automatic that you win the game. The third goal for Atlanta at home, it's pretty much automatic that you win. They've only drawn four times, and those were all insane games on lots of different levels. Ugh. But that third goal, that's the one. And I know that you have these moments This team, with a team like Atlanta that isn't as great defensively. And the whole adage about a two-goal lead or a two-nil lead, it's the scariest thing because you only remember the times that it gets away from you. If you look at the numbers worldwide about having a two-goal lead or probably getting a third goal worldwide, you're going to win almost every time. You're better off going for the next goal than trying to hold on to a one-goal lead. You're – better off every time and i think that's the theory that gonzalo pineda subscribes to i think it's the theory that this team is all bought into and you saw it in that moment edwin mosquera a lot of times a lot of teams are going to make a defensive sub there wolf gives you a little bit of that on that side because he's so good defensively Mosquero did some big things defensively but he's there to break the game and win it and he did
4: for over 20 years, skin Energy has made it easy for Georgians to receive the best natural gas rates and excellent customer service. Call 877-467-2262 to sign up today. Five minutes after the Muscara goal, Caleb Wiley and Tiago Almada combine to hammer the door shut. Mascara now will turn and bounce to Wiley inside center circle. Wiley ahead to Almada, down the left wing, walking in on Schulte. Almada, tough angle, shot, score! We're going back to Ohio! Game three, Sunday night. Winner to advance to the conference semifinals. Atlanta United coming up with their best home performance of the season.
5: What a moment for Wiley. I mean, you have a two-goal lead. It's getting somewhat late, and Wiley's in the center circle <laughs> as the left back in that moment, and he turns and he springs Tiago Almada, who with the two-goal lead in that moment, you know Tiago is going to go to goal. He'll dish it off at the last minute if it's on, but he wanted a goal. We talked to him yesterday, and it was the first time he had been available for media since the red card in Cincinnati. And, of course, he was asked about it. And one of the first things that he said was he wanted to apologize. He wanted to apologize to the fans. He wanted to apologize to his teammates, coaching staff, everybody involved. He lost his head. He forgot he was on a yellow. He lashed out. He got the second yellow. He missed game one. I think he continued that with that goal. I think he really wanted one tonight on a night where it was hard from him. And, and Gonzalo Pineda talked about it. That midfield for Columbus tops. It's really good. And I think they did a great job in making it hard for Atlanta to find Almada. Caleb Wiley did, and Thiago got his
4: moment and now gets to build on it in game three. Uh, there was a Columbus goal off a corner kick in the fifth added minute of stoppage time by Max Arfston. Due to lack of interest, we're not going to play that for you. <laughs> we'll come back with uh, your questions and comments on Twitter after this. Atlanta United again forcing a game three in this best-of-three first-round series Four two winners tonight over Columbus Crew. Time Report, Sports Radio 92.9. Again, we were talking during the break about how challenging it is to find music from artists that are based in or near Columbus. I'll tell you, this one smacks, though.
5: This is. I, I could have went a different direction here with Joe Walsh because a lot of people are going to think of Joe Walsh Eagles and, and, or a solo career. His work with the James Gang and that song, and the Eagles have covered it a million times over the years, that's a great riff. And Joe Walsh is one of the best guitar players of all time. And look, and we're going to go to the, one of the original Ohio rock bands there to bring up with Joe Walsh, Love and it. James gang.
4: Love it. Well, uh, like I said, at the end of the, the match broadcast, uh, usually I do not look forward to trips to that state, but, uh, I've never been happier than, um, than now having to go to Ohio, uh, this weekend, it'll spare me the experience of having to watch Penn state play Michigan for one, but, um, uh, it's it's a good opportunity for Atlanta United. And, and look, stranger things have happened. You find a win in Columbus, then maybe you're going to Orlando, and then things could really open up for you. Uh, but nonetheless, I think significantly the first playoff win for Atlanta United since 2019 tonight, all-time club record for playoff goals scored in a match with four, and they defeat Columbus 4-2. Let's get to your questions and comments on Twitter. Abby Schiffman, who, by the way, Treated us to some Halloween candy here in the booth tonight. We appreciate that. She uh, she got my Reese's fixed uh, hit. Really appreciate that. White
5: chocolate Reese's, one of the most underrated candies in the world today. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah.
4: I think you could make a, a strong case for that. Uh, Abby is talking about the nominees for the uh, the man of the match in the stadium tonight, which Yakimaakis won, and we, we gave it to him as well. Uh, she, though, felt that, there should have been some defensive choices with the way that Atlanta United defended in this game tonight. She also submitted Brooks Lennon as someone yep. who had a very strong match. Tonight.
5: Lennon was great. I mean, it's a team effort. It's, it's one where when you have the performance that Yakimakis did, he's always going to win it. You could have thrown one into the, the four, but out of the defensive players, probably to me – and this is not including midfield. This is purely on the back line. Miles was probably the most impressive, and he was also – beaten in a 1v1, which, look, Cucho beats people in a 1v1 all the time. Cucho should be in the Columbia national team for these upcoming World Cup qualifiers, but I digress. He bounced back really well from that. And I think if you had been able to keep a clean sheet or maybe even keep it to 4-1, you look at some of the defenders in the man of the match conversation, but that
4: was always going to be your ghost tonight. Uh, Superman wants to know what kind of sauce was Mayumba cooking with today? Superman, Spider-Man, what what other superheroes are we going to get tonight?
5: (laughs) Muyan Ba was great. I I said it. I think it was the best game he's had since he got here, and he's had some good ones. Um, He was really good tonight. He found another level. And what I loved more than anything, because he's somebody who is just so smooth and cool under pressure, he was feisty tonight at times. And and you saw him reacting to plays and trying to – to pump his teammates up and trying to pump the crowd up. You you saw that out of him, which I don't remember ever seeing out of him since he got here. And it, not everybody's like that. You, you don't need every player to, to do the rah-rah stuff. It's always nice when it comes from somebody that you don't expect it from. And, and Tristan is that guy. He was great tonight. He's going to have to be great again. And Gonzalo said it, this midfield for Columbus, it is maybe the best duo in the league. Tristan William Bond, Mateo Osechu have been very, very good in this season with limited time and getting to know one another. They've been very, very good, and they were great tonight.
4: All right. let Let's veer off Twitter for a second or X or whatever the heck they're calling it <laughs> now. Yeah. Um, Gonzalo Pineda did not have an immediate update on Hosetu after the match, Mm -hmm. but I think he kind of hinted – I don't want to read too much into what he said, but I think he kind of hinted to something that you suggested when Hosetu took himself out, essentially asking for a sub, that maybe he had alerted the staff at halftime that he was feeling something. Now, we don't know what his status is for Sunday, but let's take the reasonable leap and say – maybe he can't play because it is a tight turnaround of Sunday now. Is it as simple as going Jay Fortune like for like? I think it has to be. Uh, I think if you were in a position where Osvaldo Alonso
5: had played more in the second half of the season and hadn't been injured for as long as he was, maybe you turned to him because of his experience. Uh, earlier in the season, you would have turned to a Sadich. He hasn't played in a while. I think it has to be Jay Fortune. and. I have no qualms with that. I honestly do not. I I think when you compare Jay and Mateus, Jay is not as clean on the ball. Mateus technically is so, so good. And that's why I feel like he's so underappreciated and it frustrates me because he does things and he makes them look simple. Now, physically, Jay is a better fit. Jay can cover more ground. I think he's a little faster, maybe a little stronger maybe a little bit better as a natural defender, but you do lose a little bit on the ball and how that pairing comes off. And Fortune and Baugh have played together some, not a whole lot, but some since Tristan got here. You've got a little bit of time to work out the kinks, but yeah, I would assume if you're talking about a calf injury and that's where at least what Mateus was feeling at that moment, it's going to be a big ask to start him You don't want to blow a sub-window on somebody that you're worried might not be able to finish the game. Now, you don't have to worry about 120 minutes or any of that with Sunday, but you only get three sub-windows. And if you're worried about Hosetsu, you don't want to possibly have to burn one in the first half. You'd rather have him in reserve... To come in late if needed, because he's somebody I'd like to have take a penalty if it comes down to that. Mm -hmm. So I'd rather know that I can turn to him late if I need him and not have to blow that sub window in the first half if it flares up again.
4: Matt Wagner says, I can't remember, but do we have an option to buy Shonday? It is truly amazing how these signings have lifted the team up. Yes, there is a purchase option on Shonday Silva. That was alone with an option
5: uh, from his French club. My gut feeling is that that option would be picked up. We don't know the terms of it. We don't know if it is a large transfer or a large salary or, or what that would look like. We don't know those things, so... You can't take it for granted that it would be picked up. And and at times we've seen situations where it's a loan and the the purchase option is very high. And you'd like to keep the player, but it's too much, whether it's cap-related or not. If it is manageable, I think you'd like to keep Sean Silva, And we've seen a lot out of him, a lot of good things out of him. He runs hot and cold. And and he's a player who it feels like you get multiple goal contributions from him in a game or – it's hard for him to get into the flow. That's something you'd like to see even out a little bit more. But Sean De Silva's a big personality in this group. And with the players around him, you're not asking him to carry them every game either. So I think you'd probably see that picked up, but you do have to think about the overall roster and cap ramifications. And, and just to go to the last part of what Matt said, you know, this team started off really, really well this year. And, and I liked how it was built. In the summer to get into a better cap situation for the long term and also to improve the team. And they absolutely did. You needed the wingers because you were asking Caleb Wiley and Brooks Lennon to play as wingers a lot. The team is better with them at fullback. And the team is better now with the wing depth. And that is such an important part of what Gonzalo Pineda can do with this group right now, where you have Sabalop Janitza and Sean De Silva who can start. And you have Tyler Wolf, and you have Edwin Mosquera who can come in at 45, who can come in at 60, who can come in at 75. They can start when needed. You have depth on the wing. You go too deep on each side. That is a blessing. And the moves you made, including Muyamba, coming in in that summer. And don't forget Mosquera coming back as Man. part of that summer window.
4: <laughs> it, it, it is amazing, by the way. All the narratives – surrounding oh, Oh, they messed up oh boy they messed up Uh, and what did what did Carlos ask
5: everybody to do at the beginning of that window where you had to have a couple of outgoing to open things up he said let's see the whole window and then let's talk about the strategy then I think he dropped a full house yeah, I, and, I, I think he got it perfect with all of the additions that he made. And
4: let me be clear, that is not a slight in any way on Franco Ibarra. No,
5: it's but, it, it's just the way things were going. You yeah. were going to bring in Muyamba. That was the first move. That was in process. He was going to take the minutes. You were not going to play Muyamba and Ibarra together. It was going to be Muyamba taking the minutes there. You had to open things up. You had to get the wing depth. So you had to make moves. You knew you were bringing another central midfielder in. You have a lot of central midfield depth. We just talked about the different possibilities with Josechu maybe not being able to play. And, again, it goes back to, in my opinion, some of the underappreciation of Mateus Hosechu because look at what he's done paired with Muyamba and look at what he did to make Franco Ibarra have a very good first half of the year. That doesn't happen by itself, It's because Hosetsu did so much thankless work to let Franco shine and get the best out of him. He's playing it differently now. And go back to what Gonzalo said after the game. It allowed Tristan to be more free and go forward because they trust Hosetsu playing as the 6. He's the 6. He's not the 8. I've seen national people get this wrong in the last few weeks. He's the 6. Hosetsu's the 6. Muyamba's the 8. I think tonight really showed it. And they upgraded. They made the team better. They made tough decisions. Andrew Gutman very well liked. Franco Ibarra, very well liked. You had to create space to make the overall squad better. You got too deep on the wing. You brought in Jamal Tra, who gives you another forward option. You brought back Mosquera as part of that wing depth. You brought in Muyamba. The team got better. Luisa Brum got back to the level that we're talking about, and it fits so well. They're still building chemistry, and that's the only thing. I wish you had that longer time to build the chemistry. Said it before the game, you know, I wondered if that would come together enough to get the job done tonight. It did. Now you got to take it one step further on the road and knock Columbus out on Sunday.
4: Columbus has only lost once at home all year in 18 NLS competitions. It's going to be tough, but – I think Atlanta United made a statement tonight. They certainly have the momentum, and boy, if Atlanta United scores the first goal on Sunday, look out. We'll have a preview of that match and wrap everything up for tonight. After this, Atlanta United wins over Columbus 4-2 to even this best-of-three game series at a game apiece on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game.
0: Well, there were back moments of
4: stress tonight, but also to moments of joy days. in Atlanta United's 4-2 win over Columbus when Crew tonight. To Forcing a decisive game three Sunday out. night in Columbus. Again, it's going to be on Star 94. And the reason why is the Falcons are playing at just a little bit of an overlap. Uh, the Falcons in Arizona at 4 o'clock. So it's really going to work out well. You can go from ninety two nine the game uh, and the Odyssey app with Falcons. And as soon as that game ends, you can switch to Star 94 on the Odyssey app and uh, come to us in Columbus. I think it's going to be a lot warmer in Columbus this weekend than it was last <laughs> I Wednesday. I hope so. Uh, uh, no snow in the forecast, at least as of right now. But, hey, man, look, you got it to a decisive game three. And now really anything can happen at this point. And – Um, You know, it it could very well come down to one moment. And I just want to go back to the thought that the first goal on Sunday, especially if it is scored by Atlanta, the amount of pressure that could put on Columbus, who probably at one point even tonight mentally thought they were going to get this thing to Penns and win it and end it tonight, uh, I I think Columbus could feel quite a bit pressed, especially if Atlanta United... Gets that first goal. All the
5: pressure's on Columbus. They have to go back to their fans now against a team that has built momentum. And this is what the format brings to you. It gives the the underdog two shots to get a result on the road against the higher seed. And, And there's not a lot separating the seven from the two. Nashville, Orlando, definitely the three and the six and the four and the five. These are very even matchups. If you get two chances within a week and a half to go get a result against that team, you love that if you're the underdog. Atlanta right now, you're going in there with no pressure. No pressure. You get to go and just play, and you have your number 10 with you this time. I like Atlanta's chances here, but you're right. The first goal is so important You can't let Columbus get momentum. I like how Atlanta came out tonight at home. I'd love to see them replicate that feeling of how the first 15 minutes went. They didn't get a goal out of it, but I thought you saw a team that was intense, that was chasing everything, that was playing high pressure, that was making Columbus sweat a little bit. That's what Atlanta has to do in this game. Make Columbus uncomfortable, and then – You've got your big-game players, and they need to have big-game performances. Tiago Almada, Yorgos Yakimakis, Saba Janitza, Shandi Silva, and off the bench, Edwin Mosquera.
4: I think what you said at the end of the game broadcast uh, rings true to me. This has the potential to be one of the all-time classic MLS playoff matches because I, I think what we have seen uh, over the last week, Columbus is very, very good. Atlanta is very, very good. And now you have a winner-take-all situation on on Sunday. And I can't wait to be there. I, I hope some of you might be able to join us in person, but I know it's short notice. Uh, so if you can't be there, Jason and I are going to do our best to bring this thing home for you. And uh, Saba said tonight he guaranteed a victory. Uh, let's see if Atlanta United now can come through on that. Again, 6.30, the pregame show, Sunday night, Star 94. 7 o'clock, the kickoff from Lower.com Field. I believe that is an Apple TV-only game. No Fox, no FS1, so keep that in mind uh, if you want to watch on television. Now, it is very likely that this is the last home game we're going to have this year. Uh, Not for sure, but very likely. Orlando with a 1-0 lead uh, in the 56th minute in Nashville tonight, and then, um, you know, you get past Orlando, you might be playing either Philadelphia, New England, or, or Cincinnati. So actually, if Orlando wins tonight, Atlanta cannot have another playoff game at home. I bring that up because Miller Pope, our home game engineer, has just been a joy to work with again this year. And uh, Miller, looking forward to many more years with you. Thank you, Dom Shoroski and Orrin Remain, our producers tonight. For Jason Longshore, I'm Mike Conti. Again, the final score: Atlanta United over Columbus Crew, 4-2. The series even at a game apiece, will decided Sunday night in Columbus. Thanks for joining us tonight on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game.
0: Spider Man, Spider Man, does whatever a spider can. Spins a web, any size, catches feet, just like guys. Look out, here comes a Spider Man.
3: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance.